The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. Now, it is a blockbuster weekend of sport, I hear. <laughs> sport wouldn't be my thing. Between the All-Ireland Hurling Championship, which I will watch between Kilkenny and Limerick, semi-finals for the ladies' football and quarters in the Camogie, the British Open, and while we've been on air, Ireland have beaten New Zealand in a rugby match that Will O'Connell from Off the Ball is going to give us context for. Yeah, like there is kind of that risk that it feels like the weekend has burned out before we've got to, what, 10am on a Saturday because of the fact that Ireland have just won a series in New Zealand for the first time in their history so it's Is this um, a huge deal? It's momentous for Ireland really I mean we're a year out from a World Cup now Ireland have never beaten New Zealand on New Zealand soil before this series came around and now they've won the series by two games to one so Ireland up until they won in Chicago five years ago had a horrific record against the All Blacks but now they've won in five of the last eight occasions between the teams and the first half performance they won the game by the way 32 points to 22 in the end but the first half performance was remarkable Um, it's the biggest deficit that New Zealand have faced in 119 years of their history. They were down at halftime by 22 points to three. Ireland getting tries from Josh van der Fleer, Hugo Keenan and Robbie Henshaw. Then there were plenty of nerves in the second half. New Zealand fought back with three tries and got the game back to three points. And then 65 minutes on the clock, Rob Herring was able to get over for Ireland's four try which secured the win and just eased the nerves a little bit into the last quarter of the game. Johnny Sexton made a bit of history during the game as well, Stephanie. He went over 1,000 international points, just the eighth player to ever do so. So a whole lot of little historical records came tumbling down like dominoes during the game. But crucially for Ireland, they've now won a series in New Zealand for the very first time. And talk to me in in old money. You've said a lot of things there I don't understand. But was it a case that Ireland played extremely well today or did New Zealand not play great? Was it a case of both? A little bit of a mix of both. Um, Ireland's first half performance definitely up there with the best that they've ever played. Particularly when you consider how much was on the line. The fact they were playing in Wellington in a series away from home against New Zealand. uh, To win the first half by 22 points to three and possibly could have won the first half by a little bit more scored some great tries the Robbie Henshaw try just before half time was a lovely team move great finish from Hugo Keenan for the second try you got to put that right up there and then New Zealand played a bit of heads up rugby early in the second half when it felt like Ireland maybe retreated into their shell a little bit because of the lead that they had built up uh, but then they still had that bit of grit and determination in the last 15 minutes to make sure uh, that they got the victory and closed out the series which I have to admit when I spoke to Anton here a couple of weeks ago after the first test I thought Ireland could get sweeped with the way that they were beaten in Eden Park in the first game so they've turned it around remarkably to win the series by two games to one Congratulations to them and hopefully well Kilkenny players and Limerick players will be watching that hoping that they also have the same result when they play each other it's a hurling championship which just feels so strange because it's July and it just hurling championships make me feel like I'm back to school. Yeah, it is. The, the Glen Row of, well, of sport. Especially, yeah, with the break's been so short between the semi-final and the final this year so the football final is on next week and then the inter-county season for the men's game is complete in the third weekend of July which is very different. I mean, obviously, look, the split season is here for the next three years and we'll see the debate possibly go on but it is a bit unusual from a traditional point of view not for these games to be in the first week of September and the third week of September it's a very early finish to the year and a very short break between uh, the semi-final and the final which hasn't helped Limerick in this case because Keane Lynch their star player hurler of the year is unable to play he's not part of the match day panel uh, he picked up an injury to his ankle in training on Tuesday not been enough time to recover believed to be about a 10 to 12 day turnaround just came around a little bit too quick for him for the final and he's not going to be available which you wonder is that maybe swing the pendulum slightly back in Kilkenny um, towards them because Limerick were obviously massive favourites going into it the caveat would be that Keane Lynch has not played a lot of 
the championship hurling this year. Picked up an injury against Tipperary in the second round in Munster. So they've been doing without him with the exception of a 15-minute cameo in the semi-final. But it is still huge to be without the best hurler in the country for Limerick, who are trying to win um, four out of five of the last Liam McCarthy's if they were to succeed on Sunday. Is there another caveat to be had, which is that neither of these teams presumably have ever really played in the hottest temperatures in 135 years. It's going to be remarkable, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, like the weather forecast is, I don't they don't use mercury in uh, thermometers anymore, but the mercury is meant to hit 30, <laughs> as the old phrase goes. Right. If that happens, yeah, I mean, it's going to be really hot. It's going to be incredibly intensive as anything like the game between the teams in the semi-final in 2019, which uh, Kilkenny won. If it's heard with that type of intensity and that heat, it is going to be energy sapping. And in that case, the benches are going to be really important. We got confirmation last evening the Hawkeye will be used, uh, despite the controversy about the technology last week in the football where it was turned off at halftime in the first of the semi-finals between Derry and Galway and then wasn't used at all between Dublin and Kerry. They say they did rigorous testing of it throughout the week um, but I wonder if there are any kind of questionable calls tomorrow if people are going to say hey, is Hawkeye entirely reliable? Uh, but Kilkenny hoping to win the Lee McCarthy it's what a drought for them. Half won it since 2015 but if they were to win it would be a 12th title of the Brian Cody era which is remarkable indeed. He goes into his 17th All-Ireland final as manager so he is the don of GA management. We also have the semi-finals for the ladies football and quarters in the Camogie. Tell us what's happening there. Yeah, so semi-final day in the ladies football today. It feels like a really open last four because first time since 2003 that neither Cork nor Dublin will be in the final. They've dominated really uh, sharing the last 15 All-Ireland titles between them. Mead, the defending champions who were just a remarkable story last year where they went from winning the intermediate the previous year to becoming the senior champions are probably the narrow favourites going into this weekend. The first of semi-finals is Kerry against Mayo. Again, a while since these teams have been at the semi-final stage. Only Donegal's second ever senior semi-final Mayo haven't been to the final since 2017 that's a very difficult game to call which is the first game of the double header today um, Donegal though did a really good job on Dublin last week uh, where they were able to keep the scoring down so they'll be hoping that a strong uh, defensive performance might well see them over the line and then you've got um, so that you've got Meath against Donegal Meath probably slight favourites very very hard to call Kerry against Mayo in the other game I think you'd probably give a narrow edge towards Mayo to come through um, but Kerry have been to Crow Park already this year they won Division 2 of the league um, they've got Louise Meyer-Hertig who's the top scorer in the senior championship this year um, very very difficult to call but I think possibly we'll have a Mayo against Meath final the two M's in the final and you mentioned the quarterfinals in the Camogie as well Kilkenny strong favourites for the all Leinster fair at half five in Semple Stadium which is themselves against Dublin Kilkenny champions last back in 2020 you know, they were very close to qualifying for the semi-final spots from their group the other game is difficult to call Limerick have bounced their season around since being relegated in the league that's an all Munster affair for them against Waterford that's a difficult one to call in the first of the double header um, but we've got Cork and Galway who will await in the semi-finals of the competition Are you a betting man? Do you put any money no, on not these? Really, not really, no enjoy it I'm, better, I'm better not to, to bet I think yeah. uh, if, if you listen to my predictions normally um, everything I've just said will probably go the complete opposite direction. Well, that's even knowing that is enough. Stephanie, uh, if, you're, if you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time. I, th- are you? Um, th- then we have the Open, right? Which I sort of resent mm. having to call the Open because we have an Open here and the British Open thinks they can just call itself the Open. But we're going to call it the British Open here. Yeah, it's only the oldest major of all time, but yeah. Yeah, but I don't care about that. I right. just want to, <laughs> I want to differentiate it so that we know where it's happening. It's happening in Britain and therefore it's the British Open. And what's going to happen there? Yeah, look, it's happening at the Home of Golf. It's the 150th edition of the Open. So it's at St. Andrews, which adds that little bit of extra prestige that it is at the Home of Golf. I mean, look, you can't but be impressed by Australia's Cameron Smith. He's put in the lowest score ever at St. Andrews at an Open for the first 36 holes. He's 13 under par. Three shots currently ahead of Rory McIlroy, who is hoping to finally break his duck and get his fifth major. 
Uh, we all thought when he won his fourth that he was going to probably reach 10. And now he's had this kind of fallow period for majors over the last decade. Um, perhaps, I mean, he likes the course, he likes playing at the Open, and he's within touching distance of the lead. Elsewhere for the Irish players today, David Carey is going to be out at lunchtime, the qualifier. He's had a fairy tale first Open for him, five under par. The 2019 winner, Shane Lowry, is a shot further back. Unfortunately, from an Irish perspective, Seamus Power, Darren Clark, and Potter Carrington all missed the cut. Also missing the cut and possibly at the Open for the very last time was Tiger Woods, who cut a very emotional figure when he was going over the bridge at the 18th. He got a huge reception because the fans are accepting it's unlikely he'll be at Hoy Lake next year. Um, Three time former. Open winner had won the Open previously. At British Andrews. Open, British Open, British Open. This was meant to be maybe the fairy tale end for Tiger Woods, where he could contend. But unfortunately um, for Tiger, I think the injuries have just caught up with him, and time waits for no man. So you'd be putting your money on Cameron Smith if um, 42, actually, 48% of the time. Yeah, I'm, I tell you, I'm actually edging slightly towards Rory McIlroy actually winning. These are famous last words. But usually Rory McIlroy, he's out of contention at majors recently going into day three and then he has a finish, ends up in the top 10 without ever contending. Right now he's in contention going into the weekend. Well, at least now I have something with interest to watch. Like, because I've heard you talk about it, I can watch and be like, is Will O'Callaghan right? Um, because no, no, he'd be, he'd be horribly wrong. But tomorrow tomorrow will be a really good day because you can watch the hurling final and catch the end of the British Open if you want to differentiate um, to get the last few holes that just after as well. It's going to be a bumper Sunday, particularly a sport. Will O'Callaghan from Off the Ball, thank you so much for that. And congratulations to Ireland and good luck to everyone who's playing this weekend. As as if they're all listening now because they're all not preparing for their, for, for, for their fixtures. Is that what they call them? fixtures depends on the sport but yeah fixture works for me <laughs> yeah Games, I, I feel like matches. I sound like I know what, what I'm talking about thank you so much Thanks, Will. the Anton Savage show Saturday morning at 9 on News Talk